0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Monday, September 7th, 2020. Happy Labor Day to you. If you had the three-day weekend, hope you enjoyed it. If you had to work on Labor Day, nothing wrong with getting a little extra bread in your paycheck. My name is Danny Webster, and I appreciate you stopping by for today's episode in which we will be breaking down Game 1 of the Western Conference Final that took place on Sunday night. In Rogers Place, in which the Dallas Stars defeated the Golden Knights one to nothing to take a 1-0 series lead, game two is tomorrow night. But let's talk about game one real quick, because we got a little bit we got a little bit to get to here for a game that really didn't seem all that exciting, a game that really didn't seem all that entertaining from a goal scoring standpoint. There is still a lot to digest from this game. And I'll start with this. What you have here is a game where the Golden Knights played their fourth game in six nights. Now, fatigue could play a factor. Now, I'm not saying that because of the lack of travel that guys are going to be up and ready to play the entire time. We forget that the Golden Knights just got done playing a back-to-back between game six and game seven. More than likely, there is going to be a little bit of a fatigue factor. Now, the Golden Knights won't say that it matters uh, because the Dallas Stars had to go through the same thing, even though they didn't go through a back-to-back They still had to come back from playing a grueling Game 7 that went into overtime after they had also blown a 3-1 series lead, even though Dallas took it to overtime and eventually won that game. You would think, going into this game, that both teams would be out of gas, so it shouldn't really matter who plays when and how many games and how many nights. Dallas looked like a team that had a four-day break, while the Golden Knights looked like they were on the second night of a back-to-back. And... Now, I know that doesn't say a lot when you look at the scoreboard and you read 1-0, but the Dallas Stars controlled this game from the defensive aspect. They controlled the game in the neutral zone. They controlled the shot department for the better part of this game. And Dallas was just on Vegas all night. Vegas' pass. Vegas's passing wasn't crisp. A lot of opportunities that Vegas would normally get went by the wayside, and all it took was the Stars' first shot of the night by John Klingberg two plus minutes in to beat Mark Andre Fleury, who, by the way, got the start in Game One, which a very shocking decision when that uh, when that report came across my Twitter timeline, what an hour before the game. Uh, but the Golden Knights went with Fleury over Leonard, over Robin Leonard, despite a 14-save shutout on Friday. So it's not like Robin Leonard was completely taxed going into this point. He played very well in the Vancouver series. And I, I was actually kind of shocked that Flurry got the call and he played well. That, despite giving up that goal, which, I mean, really wasn't his fault, he stops the next 24 shots and keeps Vegas in the game for the most part. So he did everything that he could. The goalies have done everything they could to get to this point. But the Stars, who might not have played like it for the majority of this return to play, uh, did, in fact, look like the second best defense in the league. Uh, they shut down the Golden Knights. It was eleven to eight in shots after one in favor of Dallas, and then Dallas just dominated in the second period. I think it was, I think they held Vegas to four shots on goal in the second period, and then out attempted them thirty-five to nineteen. So they completely dominated in that second period. Had it not been for Vegas' surge in the third period, the shot tally would have been a little little wonky. Uh, but due to Vegas getting back on the board, the final shot tally, I think, was in total in attempts, was 51-48. But even that surge by Vegas wasn't enough, and it didn't even look like a clean surge. It was just throw a lot of pucks on net, see if you can beat Anton Kudobin, try and get some traffic in front of him, which I didn't really get a lot of traffic in front of him in this game. And the Golden Knights, on the end of the day, just looked like a team that looked out of gas and needed another day to recuperate, which I, which, I mean, is fine. You know, it's not the end of the world for Vegas to need another day, I mean they they've played what 14 playoff games to this point. They've looked solid to this point. They're allowed a night off in this situation. Uh, and also they're down they're down one nothing in a series. It for the first it's not the first time they've been down 1-0 in a series. They were down 1-0 the Sharks last year and reeled off three straight. And the last time they were down one nothing in the conference final, they reeled off four straight to beat Winnipeg and go on to the Cup Finals. So Vegas can easily come back. And avoid going down to nothing in the series. They they are very much capable of putting together a performance that's going to rebound them in the series because it's. I talked about it on the Lockdown NHL show, the national show uh, that went up today. Dallas is a team that's going to match Vegas punch for punch, tit for tat. They are going to match them in the physicality department. They're a team that can literally stand up to Vegas in terms of its offensive production, and if they want to play heavy, Dallas can play heavy right back. So this is why it's going to be a much different series when you're looking at Vancouver, a much more finesse team in Chicago, definitely a much more finesse team than what Vegas has gotten to this point. They have used their heavy way of hockey to dominate through the first two rounds. I would say dominate completely against Vancouver, but then you run into a guy like Thatcher Demko who is completely playing out of his mind To this point, so I look at it from this standpoint if you're the Golden Knights, you lost one nothing. You lost one nothing. The only goal of the game came two minutes in, and you were pretty much lucky that you were able to sustain that and be only down one nothing throughout the entirety of the game. Vegas had a couple of chances early on, especially from Nick Cousins, who missed the net on a couple of shots, that could have really turned the tide of this game. Unfortunately, just like it has been for the last few games, with the exception of game seven, the Golden Knights could not find a way to beat, and at least in this time, Anton Kudobin. They need to find a way to do it, especially on offense, because this team has two goals in the last two hundred and forty minutes of hockey, and both have come from Shea Theodore. I'm not counting the empty net goals at the end of game seven because really, why would you? But I will say The fact that two goals through your top defenseman are the only tallies you have to this point, that's a problem. And we'll address that problem rather shortly. But first, friends, today's episode is brought to you in part by BuiltBar.com. Not your ordinary energy bar because it's covered in chocolate and tastes like a candy bar. You cannot go wrong with that. Built Bar is back with a with a brand new look, a new feel, and six new flavors. Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond, Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and the one I'm really looking forward to trying, Apple Almond Crisp. They go well with their original flavors like Raspberry, Banana Bread, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, and my favorite, Orange. I love that we get all these other flavors that are like two-worded flavors, and my favorite is Orange. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for those on the keto diet. Even my dog, who can't eat chocolate, apparently really loves that idea. Right now, you can get a free cooler with a purchase if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order at builtbar.com.
0: That's B-U-I-L-T-Bar, com. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC.
1: And as a reminder, friends, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. If you want to send an email, because emails are always fun too, LockedOnGoldenNights at gmail.com is the place to do that. And again, I appreciate you hanging out with me today. I, I really do. Uh, you know, we're, we're like we're like friends, even though maybe some of you I've never even met before in my life. But you know what? It's cool. It's like, it's like kicking around the campfire, even though campfires maybe shouldn't be happening in the middle of the summer. But... You, you get what I'm saying. Either way, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you're listening, because that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Just just believe me on that when I tell you. So anyway, uh, back back to Game 1 talk. I mentioned earlier that Vegas has two goals and 240 minutes of hockey, both scored by Shea Theodore, who, by the way, is now Vegas' leading point scorer at 16 points uh, through however many games it's been. It's It's been many, many games to this point. Um, the fact that the Golden Knights are in the position that they're in right now, which is in the conference final, given how games five through seven went and nearly ended in disaster for Vegas is pretty remarkable, yet pretty encouraging considering the fact that even though they had a clunker in game one and maybe looked defeated and looked dejected, there's still plenty of time to make this a series. I mean, it's one game. And again, I mentioned earlier, it wasn't that long ago when they were down one, nothing to Winnipeg and they reeled off four straight to go to the cup final. So there's plenty of time. That being said, however, the forward core has to wake up. There are a number of guys who have to start putting the puck in the back of the net, and it doesn't even stem through just games five through seven. This is a trend that has been going on for a little bit now. Now, the question was posed to Peter DeBoer, I believe, literally on back-to-back occasions today, about not getting enough offense in the past four games. And really, he didn't like the idea of lumping the three games in which Thatcher Demko stood on his head going into and then going into game one on Sunday, in which Vegas just did not have any offense whatsoever. To which, I, that, at that point, I do agree. I mean, it, it's a completely different situation when you're putting in a goaltender middle of the series. He goes on a run and has an amazing, amazing stretch like that and you really can't do anything about it, even though your offense was clicking on all cylinders prior to that. And then you go into game one, and again clunker fourth game in six nights. You run into these you run into these problems. To the, so to that point, I do agree with Pete DeBoer to some extent, but there are some guys that have to wake up and start putting the puck in the back of the net. And it's not really just everybody that I'm about to list. It's literally guys who really could make an impact on this team given the depth scoring. And we've talked before about how important the depth is on this roster. If these guys can start waking up here a little bit, it's going to El Vegas in the long run. And I mean, ju- just to name a few. William Carlson has five points in 13 games. He should be putting up a lot more points with patcheretti and Stone. And now, right now, there's a little bit of line fluctuation with Carlson now back with Marshall and Smith and Chandler Stevenson up on the top line, but William Carlson has five points in 13 games. Jonathan Marshall, after going at a point per game against Chicago, had two points in seven games against Vancouver, and they were both assists. Jonathan Marshall has not scored a lot of goals in this postseason, and they need him to start scoring. And, and again, he, he was really good in game five. He was pretty solid in game six against Vancouver. Marsha is relied upon to score goals and when he's not scoring it also hinders Riley Smith who even though he was quiet in the Vancouver series he still had three assists and he was he was definitely the primary assist guy on Theodore's game winner on Friday night so Riley Smith could also benefit from scoring some goals but Jonathan Marsha is the sniper he is the guy that's getting the power play time on the right circle he is the guy that is getting the time and really playing with the line mates that he should be playing with, he's got to start scoring some more. Paul Stasny, 5 points in 13 games. Also, the problem with Stasny is that two of those games have been multi-point games. So if you think about it, he has really one game with one point and two games with two points. The rest of them, quiet. And really, it's been quiet since the Chicago series because that was when the second line was as good as it was and he was, he was hoping to get one in the back of the net. He finally got one in game two against Chicago, I believe. And then ever since then, Stasny has been very quiet. And that's why I think now he's on the third line, in which he's hoping to kind of recollect some magic with Alex Tuck and the next guy on my list, Nicholas Waugh. No goals in 13 games on a third line that's supposed to be better than ever. Now, Nick Waugh, I'm not expecting to be an all-world goal scorer, but there are times where Waugh has been very capable at scoring goals in very key moments, and so far he has not been able to do that. Nick Cousins, two assists in 12 games. Again, another guy that has very good stick work, and he was very good on that third line with Waugh and Tuck. I don't know if DeBoer is going to go back to that in this series. At least we don't know yet, but Nick Cousins could be better. Chandler Stevenson, who I gave a lot of flack for in games, what, three and four of the Chicago series, three points in 16 games and two goals. The one goal, the first goal, was on the very first shot against Dallas in the round robin. And then he had another goal, I think it was game four against Vancouver. Chandler Stevenson is now, right now, a top line center with Stone and Paccioretti. And if he is not. If he's not getting it going, that's a problem. You need your top line center to perform. And right now William Carlson's been struggling. Chandler Stevenson has been struggling. And if they're struggling and Mark Stone and Max patcheretti cannot get anything going, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a very rough time for Vegas' offense. And even you look at patcheretti pointless in his last four, which again, I mean the four games we talked about it. But pointless in his last four after scoring five goals in four games. And then you look at Mark Stone, one assist and a minus three in the past four games after starting at 14 points through 12 games. So you can't really blame those guys because those guys have really carried the offense to this point. But it is concerning a little bit that this offense and this forward core has not been able to produce at the times that you need them to produce. Now, I get it. You run into a hot goalie, you run into a good defense like Dallas is, you're going to struggle. Especially with no travel, it's easy to game plan for these kind of games. That is that is what I think is another interesting aspect when it comes to this bubble. You're not traveling, it's much easier to game plan around one team without travel. You can spend more time game planning, you can spend more time going through walkthroughs, you can spend more time ironing out the kinks that otherwise you would have to worry about another day, maybe an off day, while you're traveling to get ready for this sort of thing. So that's another aspect of this, is that maybe... Vancouver was able to prepare well in such a short amount of time to bounce back and force a Game 7 against Vegas, while as Dallas, even though they didn't have a lot of time, they were probably game-planning for Vegas from the get-go. The minute that that game ended um, for Dallas and Colorado, the minute that game ended, Dallas was probably already prepping for Vegas. So uh, there are a lot of little intricacies here that you can throw into these kind of games. But the offense is a problem because you need to get guys shooting at the net. Now, Nate Schmidt, again, you love him as a defenseman. You love him as a player. He should not be leading this team in shots on goal in game one. He had six. The Golden Knights had a stretch last night where they went nine seventeen between the end of the first period and their first shot of the second period without a shot on goal. Nine minutes And 17 seconds that does not happen with this team very often no matter who's the coach no matter who's running the system you do not see nine minutes and 17 seconds of this team this talented roster without a shot on goal this is an offense that averaged 3.3 goals per game before the previous four they were averaging 3.3 goals per game before they ran into thatcher demko now again You look at Demko and the way he played and the way that the team played in front of Demko, you chalk that one up. But against Dallas, you're going to need to be better than 25 shots on goal all stopped by Anton Kodobin, and you're going to need to be a lot better than just four shots on goal in the second period, and you're going to need to be a hell of a lot better than nine minutes and 17 seconds without putting something on net. Even if it's just a regular shot from the point that it made an easy save, you at least need to get something on net. And that's that I think was a very uncharacteristic situation last night for the Golden Knights. I mentioned earlier, Nick Cousins could have had two goals last night, but missed the net both times, especially one where he's on the left side of the cage and he just whiffed it. I think Kudobin might have gotten his skate on it to make a save, but that's a goal that he should have had, and that's probably a goal that would have helped, given the fact that he was replacing Ryan Reeves, who was suspended. Uh, for that game I don't think it's time to hit the panic button because I again I know Vegas hasn't scored a five on five goal since game five against Vancouver and that was Theodore's dangle goal where he maneuvered in between two or three Canucks and he scored top shelf to put Vegas up front and then only 24 seconds later for Brock Besser to tie it so I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet the goaltending has been great against Vegas they've gotten what they've Uh, against Vegas, and Vegas' goaltending has stood up to the task as well with Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury. They've gotten what they've needed from them, which is why it was always a luxury for Pete DeBoer to have those two playing when they needed to. Again, it was a shocker to see him in net last night, but Fleury played fantastic in his first game since August 30th. But given how the offense can't find a groove, they're going to need to rely on that goaltending a little bit more, and if they give up one goal early like they did on Sunday night, if they do that again tomorrow... It's gonna be another uphill climb for Vegas because I don't think they're gonna be pinching. I don't think they're gonna be able to kind of be overtly aggressive. But the way Dallas controlled the neutral zone and the way that they were breaking out of their own zone the other night, you gotta put some shots on Kudobin and make him work. If you don't make him work, it's gonna be an easy night for him. You can't just let him work for 20 out of the 60 minutes, which is pretty much what they did on Sunday night. Because all it takes is one goal for the dam to break. And the Golden Knights are gonna to need to break through in game two primarily from their middle six. If they can get some production with whoever's centering uh, Stone and Pacioretty, that's a plus. But they are going to need especially guys from their middle six to step up if Vegas wants to tie this series
0: tomorrow night. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. cashback debit. Discover bank member F D I C.
1: We did get this far without talking about Ryan Reeves only minutely earlier, but I think we should be able to talk about it now, given his absence of uh in game one of the conference final. Reeves was in fact suspended for game one due to that illegal check to the head of Canucks forward Tyler Mott in game seven. Nick Cousins, the aforementioned Nick Cousins, filled in for him on the fourth line right wing. While Tomas Nosek was centering that line. Now, l- let me let me start by saying this. We all know if we've watched this team long enough, if we've watched this team for the last two, three years, Ryan Reeves isn't gonna be a difference maker on offense. If you can get a goal from him or get an assist from him on that fourth line, that's a damn bonus. Okay. Reeves isn't there to make an impact in the goal scoring department. But what he is there for is his physicality, it's his ability to set the tone when DeBoer starts that fourth line. He's the heaviest player that Vegas has got. He, he's got he's got William Carrier to his left, but Ryan Reeves is the guy that sets the tone and lays the hammer whenever Vegas needs an emotional boost, whether that results in a loose puck, whether that relates into a line change going the other way to get Vegas in numbers. Reeves is there to make the plays that are needed to get the Golden Knights fired up, and maybe that was another reason that Vegas lost. Maybe they just didn't have that that one person that could have made the play, that could have turned the tide, whether it be a hit, whether it be a poke check, whether it be something to get the team going. Reeves is going to bring the physicality in a series like this, especially in Game One when the hit counter was about as even as it was about as even as it could be. So I think it was forty nine to forty seven Dallas. So Reeves is going to do his part. And it really doesn't necessarily mean put more hits on, you're going to win the game. It's the determination of the hits. It's the actual timing of the hits. When are they going to make the most impact? You need your go-to guy to keep the flies off the honey, as George McPhee alluded to the night that it, uh, the uh, the Golden Knights traded for him. So the Golden Knights will have him back for Game 2. Again, I'm not sure of the lines at the moment. I'm not sure if DeBoer will change really anything. I think in a game two, when you're down one nothing, I don't think it would hurt really to go back to what's gotten you here. So you want to go to, say, Carlson centering Stone and Pachuretti. You want to go to Stasny, Marciusole, and uh, Smith. You want to go with Cousins, Waugh, and Tuck, and then you want to go with the fourth line of Carrier, Reeves, and whoever. I mean, I mean. It, you Maybe Nosek. Maybe Nosek has earned himself another chance to especially get himself on the PK, but you never know. You never know with this situation. You never know what it's going to look like. But at the end of the day, Ryan Reeves will be back. Fourth line will be intact. Just be very interesting to see how Peter DeBoer handles it. Uh, one more thing before we get out of here. I wanted to check in on game one of the Eastern Conference final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. The last I checked before I started recording. Tampa Bay was up eight to two, and that is in fact what happened. The Tampa Bay Lightning, ladies and gentlemen, after what four or five days off, dispel of the New York Islanders eight to two in Game One of the Conference Final. Tampa Bay leads one nothing. Braden Point with five points. He's been on point, but I'm sh- all postseason long. Nikita Kucherov, I believe, also had five points, if I am not mistaken, and he also passed Martin St. Louis for most goals scored by a uh, tampa bay lightning player so very uh very good night for the tampa bay lightning who again a lot of pressure on them to get back to the cup final especially how after last year ended and how the year before that ended being in the conference final and losing a 3-2 lead to washington before they rallied so a lot of uh a lot of interesting storylines in that one i still think new york is still a complete team i think they'll find a way to bounce back in game two But Tampa Bay is running on all cylinders right now, and you do not want that team running as efficiently as they are. So that is your look at Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final. Tomorrow, post-game pod, preferably on Tuesday night. Uh, Either that or we will do a pod early in the morning. Actually, no, I don't think we're going to do a pod early in the morning. I think we are going to do a post-game pod on Tuesday night after the game, after the press conference and everything all that. Uh, We will bring you post game for game two of the western conference final so be on the lookout for that but that will do it for me tonight everybody thank you for downloading sharing listening subscribing all that jazz is greatly appreciated again uh, if you'd like to follow the show on twitter locked on vgk is the way to do it uh, danny webster 21 is the other way to do it and then an email to locked on golden knights at gmail.com is also greatly appreciated so that'll do it for me thank you everybody we will be back tomorrow for a post game of game two between the Golden Knights and the Stars. Until then, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights but the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a good night, uh, everybody.